Okay. Welcome, JP, to the Okiru podcast, man. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. Oh, yo, yo. Welcome, JP. <laughs> Welcome to the Okiru podcast. Guess, 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 Virtual podcast. <laughs> All right. So, when we spoke the other day, you had this topic that you started talking to me about, and it was something called the sunk, sunk cost fallacy. Yep. And um, I remember when we were speaking about you put it into these basic examples initially. And then what intrigued me was when you started putting these examples in the relationship part, because mm-hmm. obviously I think that's when this, I guess, subject is overlooked. You know, how many of us actually have heard of this sunk cost fallacy because i've never heard of it but when you started to say that concept of it i was like oh so that's what it is Mm -hmm. so could you talk about let's 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 get into it it? it's something it's something that like i i don't know what triggered it but it was something where i I was just scrolling down my like news feed at work and i'm like man what am i doing here Mm. so i started thinking about these things and then for some reason sunk cost fallacy came up on my, on my, on my screen. Mm-hmm. I, I started going like, hmm, what is this? What is this? So I started researching into it, started reading it. Sunk cost fallacy, the idea that you've, uh, the idea that just because you've invested in something means that you have to continue investing in it. Mm. Mm. And there's been a lot of examples out there. Um, I've used the example of buying a ticket to a really good concert. Oh, sorry, not to a really good concert, but buying a ticket to a concert. But one that could probably be easily understand is gambling because mm. people understand the logic. People understand what gambling is. So imagine this, you go, you head up to Crown, go to the weekend, get to the blackjack table and you're, you're playing, you're playing and you end up losing money. Let's say you end up losing a week's worth of groceries. Mm. So what you do is that you're like, why not? Let's continue to gamble so that I can get my money back. Right. But if you think about the logic that you've lost money, you're going to go spend more money. It's, it's broken. <laughs> that logic mm. is broken mm-hmm. um, because you've already lost the money, the initial exactly. your week's worth of grocery money. You've already lost it. So why are you even continuing to spend more money? Mm. Well, do you think it's probably that, that hope, oh man, maybe this one more, I will get that win, right? Yeah. If I double down, maybe this will be the one where I can get all my money back. Potentially, right? It's about that, exactly. that luck. It's, it's potential. It, potentially, that is, that is the thing. But the thing, the, the, the aspect of it that we need to think of is there's already a sunk cost involved in that. Yeah. Where you've already spent the money. You've already lost the money. And what it does is it, it's, it affects the way we think. The sunk cost affects the way that we think. It tricks mm. us. It tricks our mind to wanting to invest more into it. Right. More resources, mm. more time, more money, more effort. Mm. And if you think of, out of it of the scope of gambling, let's go, let's go a bit deeper. Let's go to something like you said before. Like Think about this. How many, types, how many times of like in a relationship a job, friendships, you're still in it because, you th- because you've because you put the time and effort into that. Imagine I've been with my partner for 
X number of years, I'm only going to continue because I've already invested that X number of years. Mm. Right. Same it with happens friends. Often. Yeah. It happens yeah. often, especially in relationships. Exactly. And the thing that you want to think about it is that the thought of leaving makes you feel that all that time and effort was wasted. Right. And here's the thing, like for me, I'm not in a relationship thinking about the past, thinking about, oh, I've been in it for eight years. Mm. I might as well stay in it because that's the thing. I'm in a relationship because I enjoy who I'm with in mm. the present time and what I can see in the future. Right. And that's a lot of things because a lot of people go out there and they, they say, oh, why are you quitting on this? Mm. Um, I'm not saying to everyone, like, be a quitter at everything, but it's something where it says it's okay to quit at a point where, how can, how can I say Well, the, the way I, I like to put this perspective, similar to what you're saying, is um, let's say uh, for one person, if you ask for advice for someone, right, they'll be like, one of the best ways to succeed is hard work. And the way I put it is if you put the ladder on the wrong wall and you have hard work, you're still doing, you're still climbing the wrong wall. Mm. So mm. it's about, I guess in this sense, it's figuring out, um, Oh my God, I just lost my train of thought, but that connection where it's finding what's right for you and not being afraid to lose what's been invested regardless of what you think might be the right or wrong thing. So the, the basic thing with some, some cost fallacy is that you're thinking about staying with this thing because you're invested into it, mm. basically. No, you're, you're staying in that because you've already invested. In, you're already invested. invested. Correct. It's not that you're investing more time into it because they're two separate things. Yeah. Let's, think about, let's think of it in the way of the, of the concert. Mm. You spent $200 to mm. see your favorite band play. Right. Mm-hmm. You go into that and half an hour into it, you're like, man, this contest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Man, I, spent, I just spent 200 bucks yeah, on yeah. this, man. Damn. <laughs> so what do most people do? Mm, they stay. C- correct. Yeah. So there's two options. You either stay or you leave. They're the two options people have. Right. Mm-hmm. So option one, you've wasted 200 bucks and you choose to stay. Mm. Option two, you've wasted 200 bucks, but you leave. Mm. Both of those options already have a sunk cost associated to it. A mm. waste of 200 bucks. You wasted money. Mm. Yeah. Right. Right. So why is your decision in the future or what you're going to do next have to affect what you've already done? Huh. So what if I told mm. you this, you got a free concert ticket to your favorite band. Mm. Free concert ticket. Half an hour into it, it's are you more tempted to stay or to leave? Probably more tempted to stay only because if I've planned that night to be at that concert, I probably didn't have anything else to do. Okay, <laughs> you know? all right, right. Yeah. So now let's put it in a different perspective. <laughs> you ruined my... You ruined my- <laughs> <laughs> leave. <laughs> let's say you were... Favorite content. (laughs) 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 You got the tickets for free because you were in the area and they were like, hey, yo, free ticket for you. You're in the area, convenient, no time and effort spent on your side. You just had to Mm. rock up there. Mm. And it's a virtual concert, so you're at home. Mm. 
But you're tempted to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most likely leave in that situation. Because um yeah, because you, you haven't invested that time and effort into it. You haven't invested that into it. So it's kind of thinking about that logic of what makes you why why should whatever whatever some cost has already happened make you or affect the way that you think of what you're going to be doing next mm-hmm. even though that you know that staying will only produce probably a waste of time as well as a waste of money mm-hmm. so you can see where i'm going where you've wasted money spending um for the concert ticket but if you stay aren't you wasting more time aren't you wasting more effort from your side yeah that's probably a better description to put it. So how do, you, how do you make the decision then? So the decision that you do shouldn't rely on that sunk cost. How do you yep. make that decision? Mm. That's where it's, it's kind of understanding that, all right, I've already had this sunk cost. I've already had this thing happen. I've already wasted my time, effort, resources into it. That mm. should I continue to be, wasting my time and having that mentality or that thinking to say, maybe it is time to leave. Maybe it is time to go. Maybe it is time to quit, quit my job, do something that I enjoy doing. Do you think it's what affects our decisions is also overthinking and the what ifs. So like say, for example, you're in a job and you have these two different mentalities, right? You got people at work, Right. I'm just using the job example. Mm-hmm. And they, as much as they want to do something like, Oh man, I really want to travel. I really want to pursue this. I really want to do that. I really want to, I really want to do X. But the reason that they stay is because I need security. And mm-hmm. this is where I can find security. I know every day I'll have a, I'll, I'll have work and every, every end of the week or every fortnight I'll have a paycheck at the end of that. But on the other side of that, if I really want to pursue this, I have to leave this because I have to put more time, in that and in order for me to do that i need to create that time and also if i wanted to travel i i can't be in a job to travel right i need mm-hmm. to have that freedom but on the other side is like how am i supposed to fund those things if i don't have a job and That's maybe that they're afraid to do that because they have to lose that sense of security like what what you've just kind of said is is all those assumptions that normal people would mm. have. It's, exactly. it's a normal assumptions that people would have. But it's it's that conversation that we go to to say, are we ready to make this big jump? Have we mm. put in decisions and thoughts into it? There's nothing wrong about thinking. Mm. Nothing wrong about planning ahead. But it's how deep into that rabbit hole do we want to get into right. before we make that jump? For me, I'm a very risk-averse person. <laughs> I like to think out a lot of things, man. When I go on holidays, I, I plan like I plan like schedules to say this is the time I have to eat because I know that I have X number of hours to travel to this destination, and I want to make the most out of my yeah. trips. Yeah, I plan contingencies. What happens if that's closed? I'll make a backup. Hmm. So there's nothing wrong about planning, but it, it it's understanding that how far into that journey or how far into that jump am i already 
in. Mm. Mm. It's taking those. I asked ask this question to a friend um, when we had this discussion where I started asking him, I was like, mate, like you've, you've traveled a lot. You've traveled everywhere. And what, what helped you make that jump to say that I'm, I'm done with a nine to five jobs. I'm, I'm done with working in the office. I want to actually do something I really enjoy. And he told me it, it wasn't a big leap. It was taking these baby steps until I had that ability to jump or that ability to move. Because you lose a lot. You lose a lot when you make these decisions. It wouldn't be a cold. Not, every, like, no one would be making risks if it was easy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but in terms of having it planned out, like I'm, I'm in that predicament right now where I'm deciding is, is working that nine to five job something for me? Mm-hmm. When, when am I going to make that change? And, and like going back, it's, it's, it's where, is it because I'm thinking that I've invested time, effort into building up my career so far that I'm not leaving? Is it because mm-hmm. I've already spent all that time and effort into it? Mm-hmm. And kind of understanding like that, that is, is that sunk cost something that it's just affecting the job that I'm doing? Because mm. I think about this, I think about like friendships, man. A lot of my friendships, I don't think of anything as a sunk cost. I, I'm friends with you because I enjoyed what what we do in the present. I enjoy what we do in the present. And I see that I can see a future with the mates that I have. Mm. At the same time, I'm not going to continue to be a friend. I'm not going to continue to be putting in effort if, I, if, if the only reason is because we've been friends since we were kids. Right. And it's a tough, tough decision to have because I'm, I'm a very, I feel that I'm a very friendly person. <laughs> yeah. I, I put I put my priorities into my family and my friends, yeah. and mm-hmm. your friends turn into family. And that's what I see. Mm-hmm. Where so it's something where if if I'm not getting along with my mates, misses, I'm not getting along with my mates, family, I have to think to myself, I'm like, mate, I'm not, I'm not doing it for. I'm not friends. I'm not here to be friends with. Um, I'll make enemies with them because I know that these guys are going to be there for the rest of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, that doesn't stop me from ending some friendships or letting friendships drift away. Hmm. That that friendship one's a good one. Why do you think people are too afraid to leave certain friendships? I'm a sucker for this, man. Like I I I care too much. <laughs> for me, it's that care factor. It's that factor where and that's the thing, like the more I think about it, is it is it a sunk cost? Now now I'm having to debate with myself. Like, am I still there for the sunk cost or am I there because I actually truly care for some people? Mm. Mm. And this oh man, this this one was it's a hard one to like I'm trying I'm trying to like think how this this whole thing works, man. And I'm just so confused a little bit because there's just so much going on. Yeah. It, it, it's something, it's, it's a question that makes you, <coughs> it's a question mm. that kind of, you think you're on the right. You're like, you're like I think I'm, I'm with this sun costing, but actually I, am I with this sun costing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like going in circles and making myself doubt myself. And I'm like, holy shit, man. That's, but, that's how much this like sun cost fallacy is like 
screwed me up so much because yeah. <laughs> I'm just overthinking now. Am, yeah. I overthink- am I overthinking the stuff that I'm like, it's meant to be simple. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's what we do sometimes? We overcomplicate our life. You say it's we, like we know, right? It's Life is simpler than we make it. But because of these certain topics, these things that make us think about these certain things that they overcomplicate our life. Like what was with this question, this sunk cost fallacy now, I'm thinking I'm putting myself in these rabbit holes as well. And then you start to create doubts and you don't know what, what, what should you really do? So what do you think the best way to take action is when you analyze this, when you reflect upon these things? We have each other and we're voicing our, our ideas, yeah. our opinions mm-hmm. together, and we're getting perspective. Yeah. I think that's what's important. That's we need perspective. And once we start talking to ourselves and we only start trusting our own thoughts, that's how we get into these loopholes. That's how we get into these rabbit holes. Mm. So what is necessary is we need to find those people who can be our soundboard, we can plug into, who can give us certain perspectives that we would never thought of, right? Mm-hmm. So I, for me personally, I have you two. I have the my mentors. I have those people who I can seek perspective from. And from there, I can choose what action I want to take because then I have more uh, I have different experiences. I have different opinions from different views, from different levels of thinking. And that's what some of us don't have. Mm. And sometimes we, we live in this world where we have to trust in social media. We have to trust in these things yeah. that, that will potentially, you know, that we think is going to give us the right information. But really we need to find those trustworthy people in our lives. Mm. And I think going going on that point, it's something that it's like it's reassuring because like <laughs> it's funny how like these sunk cost fallacies it, it turns into like those topics or there's that kind of like feeling like angsty feeling yeah. during that time we're like oh I don't, is that it, is that right? Is that wrong? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Next thing you know, man, what am I doing with my life? Man? Uh, first thing you see is a balloon in your face. It's having that, um, it's, it's having that um, kind of, deep connection with like people that you Mm. grow up with. And I think that is something that is really, um, and that's probably the reason why my priorities are family Mm. and friends, because it's people who Mm. you you trust, who you can confide to where no judgment will be taken. Mm. They can disagree. I'm I'm okay with them to disagree, but no judgment will be taken because you're you're just there to share something that Mm. is either troubling you or you want to kind of get a different perspective on it's exactly. building that understanding of that um, that diversity of friends, that circle yeah. of trust where mm. you can have a different opinion, for example. And I'll, I'll use this as an example. Like all my mates, if I go to them for advice, a majority of them, because they're mate, a majority mm. of them, if I go to them for advice, guess what? They're going to come back to me. It's like in the same position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Right. Oh man, I'm thinking, oh, I've got a girlfriend, man. <laughs> gonna be, I know what you're talking be, about. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh man, yeah, I feel the same, man. Oh, yeah, I do exactly what you do. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you you talk to this to your parents. You talk to this mm-hmm. to another mate who isn't 
in the same Asian age bracket, mm. 25 to 35 age group that you're in. Mm. You talk to someone who probably your workmate who's in like a Caucasian background, different mm. culture, different traditions. And they'll go to you and be like, oh, mate, like, uh, yeah, nah, man. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. But like it's, it's and, and having that diversity, you have that understanding. And this is the same thing. Like Jasper, Jasper has his mentors. Mm. He's got people out there who aren't in his circle of um I will not say circle of friends, sorry, his 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 um diversity bias, I guess you mm. could call it, or yeah. his, his mm. background. So mm. how can he gets he gets completely different advice? from those mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. or maybe not yeah. completely different, but another perspective of advice from those people who potentially for us might be like, Oh yeah, no, nah, no, nah, unlucky man. Like yeah. you go, you come to me and ask me about advice on how to take care of a kid. Man, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Jeff for that, man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You got, exactly. you got people who've had kids and, mm. and that's the thing. It's like, how can you build up that circle of trust or that circle yeah. of friends, that circle of um, people where you could go to and reach out for mm. unjudgmental advice or yeah. advice where you won't be judged. Yeah. That last pass the hardest, like that won't be judged spot. Cause man, like how many people can you say, uh, have that genuine kind of mm. respect mm. to say that you confided them to say, yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in, my business and I, mm. I really don't know what to do. Mm. How many of them is going to be like, Oh man, this guy has a business. Just get a nine to five job. man. Like, yeah. Or something like that. Mm. Like, yeah. Oh man, my, my design business isn't working that well. They're going to be like, yeah, that's, that's what you get for doing your own thing. You should mm. conform to what everyone else does right. by the norms. Um, isn't that the thing? Like, so when you confide in those people about those certain things and they kind of reveal those judgments about you, that's when you kind of go, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really kind of have like, yeah, you just have to just build that trust with other people. Mm. Slowly. Mm. If, they, if they're open to that, not judging you and yeah. having that judgment before you even think. Yeah. Well, the thing is, judge, be, we're all judge. We all judge. Like it's in our nature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the difference is, when we choose not to express those judgmental thoughts to other people. And then there's those who express it freely. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I would say with you guys, I trust you guys. I don't know what's going on in your minds, but I know it's a safe space to talk to you guys because mm-hmm. you're going to come from a point of empathy. Mm-hmm. You're going to try to find understanding. Mm-hmm. Whereas people want to come from a point of what advice can I give this person? What's, how can mm-hmm. I fix the problem? Mm-hmm. As opposed yeah. to be like, how can I just be here to support you? And mm-hmm. if you ask advice from me, okay, fine. You've asked for it. And if I have advice to give, maybe I'll ask you, do you want to hear my advice? And if they don't, it's fine, whatever. But, you know, it's, it, we all judge in some shape or form. It's just depending mm-hmm. on whether we take action on those thoughts or not. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back on um, um, JP's thoughts about the fallacy thing. Unc- but when you're talking, yeah. But when you're th- uh, thinking about your 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 job, and mm. you you had these thoughts of, you know, uh, thinking about should I leave this like nine to five and explore and or go out. Yeah. So, um, what brought you to those thoughts? Yeah. In the first so, place? 
I think so early last or late last year, I should say, um, during the pandemic, um, then I spoke about this previously. We, we, me and my mate, um, Jason ended up joining a startup. Um, and we started developing an app, um, called Resume, which is a app where you can share, um, share recipes with other home cooks. Mm. Um, and we started thinking like, okay, let's, let's use this as a pilot. Let's use this as a pilot to say, if it's interesting, if it gets some traction, if it gets, um, us money as well, cause mm. I, I'm not doing this stuff for free. It's something where I'd be like, oh, maybe this is tempting for me to leave my nine to five and I should be able to sustain doing it. Now, mm. I wasn't a developer. I studied computer science in uni, but I never ended up developing as my job. Mm. I did a base, like I knew the basics, I knew the theory. And I was like, I, I don't know if I'll enjoy it. <clears throat> like I was, I was good at it, but I never enjoyed it. And then mm. I started first week. I started on like just very basic stuff like, creating a, just a, a basic front-end design. And all you do in the front-end design work is someone already designs it for you. You just have to make sure like the building blocks are in the right place and the right color and yeah. that. So it's fairly, that was a fairly easy start to it. And then the more and more I worked into it, the more and more I developed myself to kind of research, this is the right patterns we got to do. This is the right way that you um, do these certain functions. It started getting to me like, I'm actually enjoying this stuff. I'm actually enjoying the work that I'm doing. Mm. I'll finish nine to five. I'll get back onto the work. And then next thing I know, it's like 1am, 2am. Like, holy crap, I've been working on this for so long. And I didn't feel tired of doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, was that because I was kind of sick of my job already? <laughs> mm -hmm. Potentially, potentially. But mm. at the same time, I started thinking into it and the more and more that this app ended up looking like a proper app that anyone would be able to download. I was like, well, what else can I do outside of this app? Mm -hmm. like right now I've got nine to five. I'm making money in my nine to five, but I don't have enough time to be working on this startup. Plus thinking about other ideas out of that. Yeah. And having that social life that I have <laughs> or lockdown kind of like brought it down, but like that social yeah. life of being able to just kick back with friends on a Saturday, Sunday without being, Oh, sorry guys, I'm working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of what got me into that position of thinking, Oh, am I ready to move? Am I ready to jump ship? Mm. And I think it goes back to the decisions like how, how do you know that you're ready or how do you know that you're willing to take that risk? I leave this job. I go do some stuff for this startup or my own, potentially my own company with my mate, Jason. Mm. Is that something that will make me money in the future? I don't know right now. I haven't thought that far. Potentially mm. it could, but will it? I can't, I don't have the answer for that. So that's kind of the only one that kind of leaves me behind to say, should I leave a comfortable job where I make an okay money and potentially just keep doing this on the side? Or do I make that jump to say, you know what, I've got enough capital to fund myself for mm. X number of months, X number of years. Let's just put it into that and just start working here. My biggest fear is just loss of time and effort and not loss of time and effort into what I've already done in the job, but time and effort into I've had this business. I quit my job. I quit my job where mm. I was, I'd say I was like, 80% content. I'm trying to think of the word. I don't want to say happy, but content. 80% content mm. at my job. Right. 
Um, at that point, I'd probably say I was 60% content. Now it's kind of moved up, but like um, mm. 80% content. And if I leave my job, mm. I'll go into a role where I think at that time, at right now, that I'm 100% content. It's pretty fun. I'm, I'm enjoying the work that I'm doing. Mm. Mm. But if that fails, I'll probably go down to like 20% content because now I'm like, Shit, are you going to base that failure off? Base that failure off if, for example, I invest time in an app and it doesn't kick off. Okay. Now, potentially, I'll go to another app, but imagine going into all mm. these apps that you're putting time and effort into. Mm. Like, I'll give you an example. The app that I have right now that I'm developing with Resume is I've invested eight months into that. And the best thing, the best satisfaction that a developer sees is that people are using the app. Mm. People are using the stuff that you developed. And that's kind of a, mm. a, a like a key, um, a KPI to say that you are doing well. People are using your app. Yeah. That's good, but I've already invested six to eight months of time into doing that. Now, what if I invested six to eight months into doing that and no one uses the app? Yeah. Or that traction goes up, you get maybe a few hundred customers or a few hundred um, mm. people using the app and then it doesn't go up. How many times can you fail during that? Well, it mm. depends how many, you know, uh, it, I guess it, it really depends on the person as well. Yeah. Like, if you, I forgot what the an analogy would be, but like, say if you had someone who this was their only option and they had nothing else to turn back to and they had no exit strategy or whatever, hmm. how long do you think they would keep going to see potential success? Hmm. I don't know. Right. All right. You, you, you've heard different stories I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna you know reiterate those things because i'm pretty sure you guys know mm. what some people have done with some of the patience that they had to do like i just listened to a podcast where this guy had extreme patience so he was wrongly convicted right imagine that being wrong convicted but this guy freaking studied law did everything he could to make sure his plans went to place right and he had to have patience. He, he was in jail for what, like eight or something around the eight to 10 years or whatever. Make sure all those plans put to place without even rushing into seeing results. Like he, he, mm. found, he found his evidence that he could have potentially showed, but in the bigger picture, it would have made him, you know, lose in the long run. So with, with these things, I, it's hard for me to talk about it because I haven't experienced it myself, but with, just hearing what other people have accomplished, I think there is an ability for us to find success if we allow those things to find shape, right? Let's say with this resume thing, fine, 10 months, no one uses it. Well, all of a sudden, I don't know, 24 months later, it starts to boom. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's up yeah, to- I, think, I, think, I think it's something where the factors that of, I guess, how I am now, who mm. I am now as well, plays a deep part into it. Mm. And I'm, I'm not saying that um, it, it's kind of like, like I agree with you. I agree with you where different people have different yeah. circumstances right now. And coming from the circumstance was where I was 80% content. Mm. 
if I was potentially 20% content, it would be an easy to, easier decision. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's the thing. It's like how, how, what risks, I guess you could say, what risks have I to put into consideration to say, mm-hmm. all right, if this fails, I can pick myself up and I can do it. A lot of people have harder situations than I do. Oh. This one, yeah. This one, for me, I think it's like, I'm not in a difficult situation and I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But how do you kind of make that decision to say, all right, I'm going to drop this knowing that in the future I'm going to get married, knowing in the future mm-hmm. I'm going to be having a family, knowing in the future mm-hmm. that it's going to be, it's not just me that I have to yeah, think about. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then I guess, uh, I don't know, man, like with this type of stuff, obviously there's going to be so many different variables that come into play. And at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you to make the decision. Mm. So, it, you know, I, like what we talked about before, it's all perspective. Like I'm, I'm a person who likes to see the best in people and likes to see what the potentiality of what people can do. Um, but obviously you, you have to have that brutal truth of mm. this is my reality right now. I want to be able to do these things. And if I were to do this, I don't think I'd be able to achieve those things. And then that's where you have to make the decision. Like, okay, maybe the best decision is to stay where I am. Mm. Right. But, I'm wondering about that actually. Oh, sorry, Jess. Yeah, no. Feel free. I was going to ask JB because you know I know you're very um, you like to plan things out a lot. Mm. How have you put down like scenario one, scenario two? This hey, I've, I've thought about a lot of scenarios. Yeah, yeah. I've thought a lot yeah. about scenarios because yeah. the thing is, like in 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 relationships as well, it's mm. it's something where you have to be able to discuss not only what your your plan. Your yeah. plan is you have you got to mm-hmm. think about what their plan is. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like thinking about when I was 18, I'm like, mate, I'm gonna have a kid young. <laughs> 22, I'm gonna have a kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> young dad, you're gonna be sick as that, man. <laughs> hey, you yo, hello, hello, fellow dudes. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, that's, that's gonna be yeah. me, man. <laughs> yeah. But like um, the older you get, and this is something that I only realized, I'd say in my in my later twenties, is mm-hmm. that when you're in a relationship, you got to consider what your partner is thinking as well. Of course. And back then I would have been like, Oh, what do you mean, man? Like I'm, I have this plan already. You got to follow mm. my plan. Mm. I'm, I'm, I planned it out. <laughs> it's my, it's my journey. You got to like, it's either you're with me or you're not, but it's not like that. And this is something that I've spoken with, um, with dots is that I'm like, I asked her, I was like, Hey, when do you want to have a kid? Mm. I'm, I'm approaching 30 and going back to when I was 18, I was like, yeah, young dad, 22, mate, I'm 28 now. So mm-hmm. I'm six years overdue. <laughs> <laughs> so like, mm. it's that kind of thing of like, when, when do you want one? Because I can't make that decision if potentially mm, no, she's the one who's going to give you yeah. birth. Mm-hmm. And so how do you make that decision? How do you put other people's thoughts, other people's goals, other people's journeys and try to get it to align with yours. So, yep, yeah, go, 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 go. I was gonna say, so, so how do you, how do you plan those things out? And they're, they're the kind of the options that I thought about. So I'll give you my, I always think about this as well. I always plan it out and it always changes. Mm. I, I have like a 12 month, three year, five year, 10 year kind of goal mm. where your 10 year is, is just very, very high level, man. 10 years, I'm going to be, I have my own house, I have 
two kids. That's my, that's as far as my 10 year goal goes yeah. <laughs> so yeah. far. But like in the next 12 months, I know I'm not going to be getting married. Mm. I know I'm not going to be um, having a kid. Mm. Three years, maybe, mm. maybe I will. Mm. But then if I take this job, if I take this opportunity, one of, one of either myself or my partner will need to be mm. the one who's going to be potentially funding the breadwinner of the family. Now, is that something that she wants? Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it, it kind of like just thinking about that, that spirals down to other thoughts and you go through all these different, um, different kind of branches. Think about it at chess, man. And mm. that's something where I've been nerding out into for like the past few months is that mm. you think about your, the early game, the openings that you have is very, they're very easy. They're very easy to memorize because there's less moves probability wise. There's less mm. options for the, your opponent to do. You get into mid game, mid game is like, mm. holy crap. There's so many different types of options. There's so many different moves that you do. Mm. You, 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 you think, you think that you're planning like three steps ahead and potentially your opponent's like five steps ahead of you. You're like, oh crap, how did he mm. read that as much as I did? And then you go to the end game where the end game you don't have as much pieces. You've simplified the board. It's potentially an even game. How do you end it on a win? Or how do you end it not to lose? And when mm. I say that, it's not to lose. is because a draw is considered a win for both people. Mm. Oh, that's a pretty good analogy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you're a genius it's <laughs> probably been used like hundreds of times but like <laughs> i thought i just i just thought about it because I was, I was playing chess today and it's like something yeah. i'm like it's, it's so true it, it kind of resonates life where you live youth kind of like oh everyone's so many people have already been through these options that i know what's kind of the next step but once you hit mid game man the options it's no longer just basic fundamentals of mm. advance your pawns night before bishops all that stuff. It's 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 actually like well, calculating steps, but how far advanced do you want to calculate to? Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different like, factors. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I play a lot of blitz. So you're, you're, there's also time constraints. Blitz, blitz. I'm spending three minutes on a game of chess, but people who play classical, they could be there for thirty minutes, hours, mm -mm. calculating on a piece of paper every single move that mm -mm. they have to do. Mm. different types of branches because they have more time they have more time to do it mm. in blitz man i'm like mid-game like holy crap one wrong <laughs> move and like the game's lost <laughs> mm. yeah there's a lot of factors there's a lot of when it, when it comes to that they, they, there's often a lot of overthinking as well mm. <laughs> like yeah i'm i'm in a similar situation where i'm thinking about like my goals and my plans in my life mm. and obviously with yuka you know she has her own plans and stuff how do we align these things together? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, a lot tough. of compromise, man. It's yeah, a lot of compromise. Is, yeah. And mm. it's really tough because um, I'm a very fair person. Mm. I like to, I like to say I'm a very fair person. Mm. Um, so having to, I find a lot easier way to compromise with someone. I may just back down from what I want to do. And that's, that's with the condition of this is someone that I know I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with. Mm. Mm. So 
how do you make those decisions? How do you compromise those decisions? But some people aren't like that. Some people like how I am, if I know I'm right with some random person, I'll just beat them up and be like, bro. <laughs> and usually if I think I'm right and like I've done the research to back it and like it's something where I know I'm like, there's, the, there's those times where you know you're 100% right with nothing. I'd be like, bro, man, think. And it's something where like, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to sound cocky now, but like, <laughs> of course, if I was proven wrong, I'd, I'd be like, my bad. Like, I'm, 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 I'm going to think about it. But if I know I'm 100%, right, I'm not going to back down. But like in a relationship, you can't do that. You can't be like that. Yeah. You always lost in a relationship. If you're normally, like normally but it's just you too. So like, unless yeah. you have like a third party that goes, Mm. All right, I reckon this person actually has a better decision. Like, has yeah. a, this is more important in life and blah, blah, blah. But it's always just you two. Like, you just have to make somehow make that compromise yeah. <laughs> amongst each other without having a massive argument. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. The brown, the brown cups look better. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, true. I think it's just something where, um, yeah. Like, mm. you were saying at the start, Jasper, like, you wanted to kind of like talk about that sunk cost fallacy and. I don't know if it's, is it fallacy or fallacy? Fallacy, fallacy. It sounds very phallic. I just think of like phallic when I think of like fallacy. fallacy. I will call it fallacy then. But I feel like say fallacy. (laughs) I heard fallacy too. That's what I heard. Doesn't matter, man. Who who knows what? I'm confused confused with English these days, man. (laughs) So many pronouns and crap. But I guess with what you guys are talking about, have you guys done what we've done with our business? and found alignment with your partners and actually sat down and talked about what your values are and, you know, doing those things together. Like you, you said, I have made these plans. I have made like a five-year plan, 10-year plan, but together have you guys made a plan and have you guys actually dedicated time to sit down and actually talk about it as opposed to just planning certain things i can say for me i have as in like it's something where i've been on um topics with um about about that stuff about Mm. for example getting married like i wouldn't know if if i didn't have that conversation those assumptions would just be assumptions Mm. so one time i sat down i'm like oh hey babe we're nearly 30 (laughs) Mm. And Joe was just like we're nearly 30 and I've, I've, I've done the timelines for you to do this for you to do that by the time everything's all done you're probably going to be 30, 31 and then thinking about kids 32, 4 years, 4 years so I know 4 years is the minimum time until potentially I'll get married and have a kid. Mm. So that's the discussion I had to have with her because if I didn't have the discussion, I'd always be thinking like, should I continue doing this? Should I? But by also having that conversation where you put that timeline, could you also have potentially pressured her into thinking, oh, crap, I have four years left, but I still want to do these things too type of thing? I think it has pressured her because I think, and when I say not pressure, sorry, I'll, let me rephrase. I think it has made her think about it because mm. she has her own plans. So mm. I asked her, Mike, where do you see yourself in X years time? Like yeah. if I wanted to start a family, what would you need to do? Mm. And 
she's a very career driven person and and I fall I fully respect that like mm. she's I know she's she's been trying to like ensure that she she's she's a perfectionist she likes to do the things to the best of her ability mm. um and I'll go back to one of the discussions that I had with her in terms of she sent me this article and I'm just trying to, I was googling it that's why I lost my train of thought but I was I was trying to find that article that she sent me which was Go if you then. can't find a spouse who supports your career, stay single. Mm. That's what that's what the article was about. Mm. And here's the thing: like, if you start thinking about it, all right, you're starting a family. Mm. You're in this position where both of you are doing really well in your careers, but someone has to stay home to take care of the kids. Mm. Someone has to sacrifice so that another person potentially could be doing better so the question came would you stay home and be the primary carer so that mm. she could further her career for me i know my priorities <laughs> i was like i'd be a stay-at-home dad hell yeah <laughs> sugar mama <laughs> no, but like, but it's something that i'd value because i want to be a good dad i want to be yeah. someone i, re- I want to be have a really good relationship with my children when I grow mm. um, when they grow up mm. so I'd be like yeah I'd be doing that mm. with one caveat as mm. long as you don't prioritize work over the family mm. yeah so like that's discussion straight away you can see both of us are having discussions both of us are having conversations about this it all mm. started with a link to an article but it's something that grew more and more into something that we were able to talk about it's difficult conversations yeah 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 I didn't. I wasn't thinking about that type of stuff before, to be honest. <laughs> and um, yeah, Yuka's the one that brings it up a lot of the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and but it feels it feels good because you're starting that dialogue. It's no longer just yeah. thoughts in your heads that's mm, saying exactly. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Is she gonna like that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But you're, you're you're totally right about like that assumption that it's kind of it's just gonna be your way. Like you you have this thing planned out in your head. This is how my life is going to go. But this other person has their own complete different yeah. thing. So when I say like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do for the future. And it's like, no, but I want to do this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this whole, of like, cause obviously like she lives in Japan, like um, her parents and stuff, that whole thing of how, how often are we going to go back to Japan to visit the parents and all this other stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's so, it's much, there's so com- much. Yeah. And it's, it's the difficult conversations to bring up. They, they are very difficult conversations to bring up. It's like ones where is your partner providing you the amount of emotional care that mm. you want? And mm. if she's not, or if they're not, what's wrong with saying, oh, hey, babe, I haven't been feeling loved or I, I haven't been feeling the certain emotions and I'm or, or something. I'm having that kind of discussion, and it's hard to bring up to them because you don't want to offend them with a question. They're probably mm-hmm. like, "I'm just BAU. What do you mean? This is normal." Mm-hmm. You don't want to get them to hear the news where they're kind of overloaded and overwhelmed, and they start overthinking. Are they mm-hmm. ready to hear that? So, how can you phrase it in a way where that discussion ends up being productive? That discussion ends up having some value rather mm-hmm. than just bring these things up. Well, what's a difficult thought so, that you've been thinking of recently? <laughs> um, like having a kid, because mm. obviously at our age, it's it's getting more and more riskier to ha- do that. So yeah, that's the, that's probably the biggest one. Like we just want to do the whole 
marriage and yeah. being as quick as possible. Um, so yeah, that just taking into consideration like her position because obviously she she lives here. It's harder for her to find a good job mm-hmm. because her English is not the best. So so we're thinking, oh, well, is it better for you to like to go to Japan? But what about me? You know that mm-hmm. those those all those considerations. We've we've had this discussion like yeah. heaps of times. Like that one, that one would be a hard one because, like, especially where she's from, she's from a different country. It's like, and and the thing is, like, because because we're all from Australia, we're like, yeah, just get her to move down here. Yeah, it's something exactly. like, yeah. Have you had the discussion of, oh, am I the one who's meant to be moving over mm-hmm. there? Yeah, then we we've had that discussion. It's like mm. she she actually offered. us like, oh, you you should you should go to Japan. It's more easier to live there. Blah blah blah. You know, you you, you can find a job there. I'm like, I have no idea how to speak Japanese. Yeah. I'm a terrible at language. I'll, I'll probably be like a janitor or something like that. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, yeah. But we, but yeah, there's still a lot of different things we're mm. taking into consideration. <laughs> how did we get to this topic? Yeah. No, it's it's good, man, because these are the type of discussions where you get perspective from each other. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're necessary yeah, and they're sure. difficult conversations to have. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. So I was just going to stay quiet because <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. Like I'm the worst person to come for that, but I'll just listen because mm-hmm. potentially this could help me in the future too. Right. Mm-hmm. What you guys are going through. I know potentially I can come to you guys. Hey, I'm having this, what do you guys do to get through that process? Mm-hmm. Right. It's these are this is why these struggles, these things happen. They're so necessary in our life. We have some people wanting to live a life without struggle, but without the struggle, you can't be relatable to people. You can't mm-hmm. have that, you don't have that experience behind it to actually have a valid like um a valid opinion of it because you you haven't experienced it. So mm-hmm. you know, but we're all maturing. We're all, we're all getting to that point in life where, yeah, you get. We all want to settle down, right? And the funny thing is, man, you ask like I said, you asked me these questions five years ago. Mm. <laughs> Completely different answers. Like for me, I felt that I've only truly grown up. I've only fully truly grown in the past three years. Mm. That understanding to kind of move away. Because back then, I was just like. I had, I was just like, man, whatever, it, it'll come, whatever, like that it is what it is mentality. Man. Yeah. But like, like go, go on that topic. But like the only reason I hate that mentality, the only reason I hate that is because what Jasper said, what we were discussing was that it's that defeatist, defeatist mentality to say, it's already happened. I can't do much about it. It's like, mm-hmm. there's always, if, if it does truly matter to you, there's always something that you can do. Like, mm-hmm. and the more you keep saying it, the more you keep building that into yourself to say that it is what it is, the more likely it is where and something actually big does happen. Something big where like, oh, my my mom died. Mm. It is what it is. It's like, bro, man, like mm. you can you can release that emotion. You can release mm. that stuff. It it isn't what it is. Right. It's something where how do you kind of tell yourself to kind of snap out of that defeatist state and start saying, hey, Ooh, actually, I could have changed something. Okay, for the next time, how can I learn and make it better? Yeah, actually using experiences to learn something out of it. Whereas that it is what it is mentality is just, it's kind of this, I don't know if there's the right word, but 
lackadaisical in a way. You're, you're not, in a way, you, you sh- with that context about, let's say, losing a family member, whatever, you have a right to be, you know, feel that emotion, feel mm-hmm. they're, all, they're all, all valid emotions to have. But I think, do you think possibly people aren't, willing to show those emotions because they don't want to sh- show their weakness, their, their soft side. We live in a world where we're, we're always trying to prove that we're strong, where we don't have any vulnerabilities or anything like that. Yeah. I think it is that. I think, I think people are afraid to sometimes be authentic because it's scary to show your true self to other people in mm. case you get that, that judgment. Mm. But yeah, like I, I think I think it's true. I think it is. Mm. It is that vulnerable state. Because even even with you boys back then, I probably wouldn't have shown that vulnerable, that emotional mm. side of me. Mm. I probably would have been like, bro, like, oh man, I'm I'm mm. kind mm. of attitude. But now it's like I see all these people who still have that tough exterior, who are like, oh bro, I'm sick. Can't look at me. It's like. Mm. I don't want to be that anymore. <laughs> and I'm not saying that they're bad people. It's just I, as a person, have grown to accept that I don't need to have a tough exterior yeah. to be tough myself. Mm. I don't have to show to prove to everyone or prove to anyone that, oh man, look at me, I'm Afrikan. I'm yeah. It's. I think it's that. I think it's more seen in males. I guess this not willing to show our emotions because obviously like even for me, I was one of those people who always had to show like I was a part of that group or I was conforming with everyone. I wasn't, I changed my personality to make sure I fit in. Mm. And in the end, I was just hurting myself because I was just, I put up this facade and it was kind of like, well, where did this get me? And where are those people now? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. It's best to show who your genuine self is because the people who will be there for who you are, are going to stay with you no matter what, like you guys, right. Mm. No matter what happens, whatever our differences may be, our disagreements or agreements, it doesn't matter. We're going to be there because of you, not because of the certain differences exactly. we have, right? Mm. I'm curious to know, how, how did you guys feel like the first time you actually revealed your, your I don't know, what, what do you call it? <laughs> your genuine not, not, not genuine <laughs> self, but just broke down the, those walls the walls to, to, uh, to not i think you you're more likely do it to your partner but to 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 your to your boys or to your, your yeah. friend group i think i think for us it it was like it wasn't just a oh yeah i'm gonna bang straight away it was something mm. where it took it took time and trust to develop like yeah. and, and and i and i i think back at like the palmer's group i think back at the palmer's group Back like I was, I was I was on like my um phone looking like old videos, and mm. I see one of when like Jasper first joined us mm. at night at Josh's house. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a sick card, man. <laughs> well, like it was it was it was like that night. It was like that night. It's like mm. 
yes, I grew up with him when I was young, and this was this was back years ago, man. This mm. was probably like what ten years ago, nearly. Yeah, I think twenty fourteen when I fuck. that night. Calendars and his calendars. I was initiated. <laughs> yeah, but like it, it, it brings it up with like it's been seven years. Like, all right. I didn't really like we hung out at church and stuff back then, mm. but I wasn't really close as close as I was to you as like you were probably with Josh and Jake, where you probably see them a lot more. Mm. And for me, what I only came back to church when did I come back to church when I was like 12, mm. probably 2000, 2002 was mm. when I went back to church. So I had my childhood. I saw you guys are like family parties, but I was never. Mm at church spending every week with you guys. Mm-hmm. So that's where potentially like we started having that friendship. We started kind of like, Oh, I remember these guys from parties. We started being in the friends. Mm-hmm. And then we hit that party when Jasper was initiated. And me thinking back seven years ago, I'm like, mate, I would have never seen myself friends with Jasper because he would just never, never hung out with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can see the people who were there in that group, the people who were there in that circle, all those people who actually ended up mattering we're the ones who are still there now. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to yeah. say that. It's tough to say that. Yeah. That's 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 how I feel, right? And that's where I take it into consideration where and I'll say how you say that it, I did not stay friends with people just because I've invested time and effort into them. Mm-hmm. I stay mm-hmm. friends with them because I enjoy how I am with them now in the present yeah. and how mm-hmm. I see myself with these guys in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's why, yeah. like I said, I put effort, even if I have misunderstandings with their partners, I mm. put effort to ensure that I'm part, mm. not not here to make further like disruptions. I'm not here to be the bad guy because mm. I know that I have to spend the rest of my life with you as well as part mm. of the family. Mm. You know, wh- one thing I know, especially with that trip we had um, during the start of the year, how we're all just trying to find understanding now. We're not mm. afraid to have those conversations. Whereas I felt before we're more just Hey, let's just have fun, guys. Let's just do this yeah. and that, whatever. It's just that enjoyment. But now it's you can really see the maturity in the, the group and with with our own growth as well. And it's those conversations you realize, like, man, we're not we're not these kids anymore who just do these things just for fun. We're trying to find value in all things we do in life, right? And if it's finding understanding in our friendships. And those things, especially, I think that's super important. Like what you said about, I'm not friends with you just because I've known you for X amount of years. And that's what some people do. And that's how friendships become toxic is because they're too afraid to find new friendships, too afraid to find new friend groups. Right. It's not just friendships, man. It's applicable. Of course. Yeah, it's applicable, it's applicable to, all to like relationships, yeah. to jobs, to experiences. And it's, it's what we've been discussing this whole time about that sunk cost. Have you, have you guys been, what, what have you guys been doing during lockdown? To be honest, just working. <laughs> just working. Yeah. And it's really been affecting my mental state mm. because all I do is walk from the bedroom into the room, yeah. go on the computer and just be like, sometimes I'm so locked into working that I don't even go outside. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I forgot to even go outside. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah. I've, like I'm in the same state and it's, it's funny that you bring that up because like for the past few days it's been like super sunny outside <laughs> yeah. like really good really mm. good weather um, and 
it, it's something where I've learned. I've learned during lockdown, like a few months back, I was struggling at work. I was like really mm. stretched, burnt out. I felt it. And it was, I saw it eating into my actual personal life. And I've always made a rule that if I see something eating into my personal life or my own um, for, or myself, I'm, I'm going to, I need to, I need to change something. Mm. Um, because it wasn't the first time. This wasn't the first time I've had those feelings. Right. So what I ended up doing, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to stop work once five, five thirty hits. I'm done. Mm. If people really need me, they'll call me. Yeah. And I haven't had a call past five, five thirty for the pretty much. Yeah. Since, since then. So I'm like, well, it can wait till business hours. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, well, how do I take this into something that I can be better on? Or how can I, how can I continue to better the ways that of, of I guess that work-life balance. Mm. And the reason why I say it's so tough is because like I said, I work nine to five normal job. And then some nights I work seven, play, play some dotes, eat some dinner and then seven o'clock onwards, potentially code some more. And then rinse and repeat for the weekdays. What I've started to do recently is, like you said, I like you like for the past. I guess we, you're so invested in work that you haven't been able to go out. Like the first lockdown, every lunchtime I'd go running. Mm-hmm. Every I'd run around Skeleton Creek, do something like that. But now all I do every lunchtime, man, I'm I'm just eating lunch on my desk. Yeah. While I think, and it it's how do you force yourself out of that habit? How do you how do you get out of that loop of it's just work from nine to five? Mm. <sighs> That's hard. I think the first thing is realizing it, right? So I, oh, I, 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 I yeah. So I, I I realized it just recently that I, I was not going out at all. Um, the one thing I did this morning was actually like wake up super early and actually meditated mm. <laughs> the first time in a long time. And actually, that made me feel like so much more level-headed throughout mm. the day. Because when I'm working at home, and the only thing is going from the bed to the to the desk to the computer, and all you see is like you know, you're constantly like you know in front of the, the screen. Like people call, I find myself a little bit on the edge, so mm. I get like angry at like little things. <laughs> so like yeah, so having that meditation, I was able to at least keep level headed. Mm. I should definitely go more outside more. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I get that feeling. Cause like, I remember just a few weeks back, I was in a meeting and I just went schizo at my team. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was like, uh, I'm, I'm a really bad work from home. So I'll tell you my habits. Like <laughs> but I, I have a, I have a daily stand up at 9am. Mm. <laughs> my alarm's at eight fifty-five. Man, I roll out of bed and I'm on that meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm already kind of like, oh man, I just woke up. All right, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good now. I had another meeting after that, and it's come to the point where it's something where I just went into that meeting. And I'm like, guys, man, here's everything that I'm doing right now, and like, I was I was already overloaded. They knew I was overloaded, mm. and it was like a very simple task where a simple document that you just have to read will give you all the answers. Yet they're asking us like, oh, can, can you write this up into an email that we need to send up to the upper management so that they get an understanding of it? And I'm like, 
everything that you need is in this document that I've already spent time and effort into doing. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept going into it's like, oh yeah, but it's not written in the way that that's structured in the way that I'm like, is the information. And I told them word for word, here's paragraph one, here's paragraph two, here's paragraph three. You just have to put it in a nice email. Mm. And they're like, oh, but I'm not, I don't have an understanding of it. I'm like, of course you don't have an understanding of it. That's why it's in this document for you to do. And, and it's just getting like, you feel that you see that frustration building yeah, up yeah, and up. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. what do you guys want from me? Like, mm. what do you want? Mm-hmm. Like information's there. What do you need from me? Cause mm-hmm. they were trying to like, like just, they're just, they're just beating around the bush kind of like mm. not take away, like not do work. And it's like, you, the, the yeah. stuff's there guys. Like I'm frustrated. We, I just came off a meeting. I haven't had my coffee yet. Cause mm. I wake up late <laughs> and then now you're asking me dumb questions mm-hmm. and the dumb thing about these is that like some of these guys are getting paid like 150k and I'm like mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but but then again like I'm not like that to everyone I'm, not, I'm, right. I'm only like that if like like I'm bottled up already like I'm in, right. I'm in and like I'm usually very helpful Especially mm. if you're a new starter, mm. if you're a graduate, I'll invest time to mentor you guys so that you grow up to have that same mentality that I want to be hardworking. I want to do well in my job. I'm not just here. I'm not here to fill a role. I'm a, I'm a team player. I, I'm. If you need help, I will help you out to the extent that I'm not putting, uh, stretching myself and overburdening myself with work as well. I'll help you out to the best of my um, capacity. Mm. But some people just don't understand that. Some people are the ones who I can do the work, but I can get this person to do it so they'll do it. Even though they're overloaded, yeah. I'll get this person. Like they don't want to learn, they don't want to invest that time because they know that the company won't get rid of them. It's probably cheaper to keep them on board than to get rid of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to travel the world, eat and review stuff. I just want to be a food reviewer. Wow. Want to be a food blogger? A yeah, food blogger. <laughs> I sort of be like those guys, um, like oh, I wasn't like Food Ranger or the best food show. <laughs> they live in like Asia and they just do like reviews on like cheap feeds and like travel Asia. <laughs> um, I reckon you can do good reviews though because you have the palate for it. Didn't you say you wanted to, you, you could potentially do like a Omekase style, yeah. style restaurant, but based on what you guys want, what flavors do you guys like? That would be crazy. What is it? What, what type like, of restaurant? What flavors? You you tell me. It's like what flavors do you want? All right, and then I just uh, have a set number of ingredients, and I'll be like, "I'm gonna make you this." I reckon you'll like this. Oh, well, you'll make better. anything. For you. Yeah, I'll make anything for them. Ooh. Yeah. Like how hard would that? How sick would that be? It's like I don't know yeah. what I'm feeling. Let's go to this restaurant. Apparently, he, he always gets what you feel. It's like all right, <laughs> like that restaurant. I only need to be correct fifty-one percent of the time. <laughs> I thought fifty-one people are like. 51% of people are like, yeah, yeah, this guy actually has people going to be like, man, 50, 51%, right? It's always correct. Man. <laughs> but would you do every single food that you ever want? Like, so you can say like, oh, I want a pizza. And another person goes, I want like. I, I, no, I would, I would say, I wouldn't, you wouldn't get the cuisine that you want. I'm going to go to you and be like, what, what flavors oh, do you flame. like? Uh, yeah. right. So that would be a pretty niche, like restaurant. Cause you'd have to know what flavor you want. Right. Correct. Yeah. So it's people who are like, Oh, apparently I, I like, I like citrus. Mm. I like sweet dishes. I like, 
I don't know something else. I'll be like, all right, here. And and it's it's at the end of the day, it's it's kind of putting that trust into a chef, into the chef, putting that trust into the cook who's in front of you right now to be like, yep, okay, mm-hmm. trust me that I can match those flavors. Then that'd be a lot of pressure on you, though. Yeah, and then to make it even more surprising, to make it even more like bigger, would be something where, all right, you like these flavors. I'm gonna feed you something that will be that flavor. But mm-hmm. it's not that flavor. It's <laughs> 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 like they're like, oh yeah, I like, I like chocolate. I like something, something. Oh, I'm trying to think of something like, oh yeah, I like, I like herby, I like herby sour tastes. And you bring like a block of chocolate and be like, here you go. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> they eat is like, it's not a chocolate. It's like that. <laughs> Just blow their minds. You just blow their minds even more. You're like, holy crap. <laughs> the mind it's, like, it's like really big influence from like Heston. Heston does a really mm. good job in it. Like his his science that, uh, what is it called? Like gastronomic or whatever. Gastronomy. Gastronomics. Yeah. gastronomics. <laughs> What's that? What's gastronomics? Gastron- uh, gastronomy. It's like it's like the, the science behind food. Oh. So like there's a dish that he does. Um, like when I went to his um, restaurant in um, when it was in Melbourne, everyone always got the like they always got this pate at the start, but the pate was like shaped as an apricot. Um, oh! And like you're like, what the hell? This looks so good. You open it up and it's like the best pate you've ever tasted. <laughs> um, he does a lot of like weird um, designs of food mm. as well. Um, for example, like it is, it is like really, if you look at like Heston and like, um, the, the Alice in Wonderland theme, oh man, that was like crazy. I was like, holy crap, that looks sick. There was one where, um, he did like this, this like set course meal, um, and all of the dishes were in the shape of childhood treats. So like they had like the lollipop icy poles, they had like, like all these different types of like childhood snacks and then every time they ate, ate into it it's like what the hell this is like a chicken <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm eating pork, but it's like a, a chicken like chicken tender or something like that it's like, how the hell did he do this that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy that such an experience man yeah <laughs> what's his name Heston what it's Heston Heston, Heston oh, Blumenthal Heston. yeah it's like he did this 1970s feast and like it's 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 it's, it's like mind-blowing to kind of see it just looks like an icy pole. It legit looks like an icy pole. It's like, holy crap. Like you remember the, um, the paddle pop ice twists. Mm. Like he had yeah. one like that looked like that. And like when they ate into it, I remember it was like some, I don't remember what it was like some pate or something that was, in it. and I'm like, holy crap. Oh yeah. yeah. Looking at the dishes now. <laughs> I you see them, they're like crazy. It's, it's science. It's science, yeah. of, it's a science of food. But, um, you know, it's not just blowing your mind on like the flavor profile. It's blowing your mind on, holy crap, that's not what it's meant to be, but it is. Mm. Well, it's oh, like man, he made. I'm so hungry. He made one about. Um, it was like <laughs> it's like a plant. It was it served to you in like. It like had a plant. It had dirt. It had grass on top of it, and people were like, "Why the hell would you be eating this?" But when they ate it, it was like some. I can't remember what it was now, man. There's so many of these issues, but like people, you're eating. You're like, I'm eating dirt, but it's actually like some beef or something like that. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that is so cool. Illusions through food. That's crazy, man. Anyway, 
so tired i'm done <laughs> yeah let's get it boys i think we'll call it thanks for jumping on really appreciate it thanks um, good, all good yeah man i always love having these discussions with you and you have these new topics that we, you want to talk about yeah man it's just food for thought you learn yeah. something every day right all right boys take it easy thanks for listening join in on the next one this is the end to the Akiru podcast yeah.